0: Hello, happy Friday, everyone. September 30th, the final day of September. Next day will be, of course, October 1st, and then we'll really end hockey season at that point. Joining me for today's episode will be Josh Joey of The Athletic to go over everything Penguins related from training Camp Updates, practice, you know, go over maybe a little bit of a preview for Saturday's game against the Buffalo Savers, um, and probably so much more. So stick around for that coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online knows you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet has been Online, where the game starts. All right. Joining me now is Josh Yowie of The Athletic. And funny enough, Josh, right as you join the Penguins, they cut down their training camp roster to 45 players. I think they just made. Um, it looks like at least like nine to 10 cuts. A lot of players went back to wilkes We're going to get to that in just a second. But uh, it's been a while. So, you know, how have you been? It's obviously great to have camp and practice back as the season is 13 days away now.
1: Well, first of all, you're breaking news on me. I like that. I, I like when the Penguins tweet when we're on the air. That's great. Um, I am well. I, I'm coming to you live from the South Hills Village parking lot. Such is my dedication to your show that I you know I will indeed join you from mall parking lots as is the case at this moment uh it it has been great just to be back in the locker room uh first standpoint like it's the first time we're actually in locker rooms in almost three years uh it's nice to kind of get to know the team in a different way um actually get to know guys again and yeah I'm I'm ready to go what do we got uh 13 days I think until the opener can't believe it's already here
0: it's crazy how fast this offseason flew by. And yeah, you know, I, I was glad I was, getting, I was I was able to hit you with that breaking news. The Penguins assigned Ty Glover, Lucas uh, Shevkovsky, Brooklyn Kalmakov, Sam Hod, uh, Jordan Froska, Josh Montescalo, Chris Ortiz, uh, Mitch Reinke, um, and John Lazotte, all to Wilkes-Barre. So training camp rosters down to 45 players. I don't think you find any of that surprising. I certainly don't. I think most of those guys are AHL guys that are just going to play. I um, mean, wilkes for most of the year, I don't think any of those guys are going to be called up to the main squad unless I think the entire team gets hurt, something like that. But Yeah, not um, this season.
1: But I will say, mm-hmm. I think wilkes for what it's worth, is going to be pretty good this year. They're, they, the, the Penguins don't have much in the way of top-end talent in their system, but I do think yeah. they have just a little more depth. Um, some of those wilkes teams the last couple of years, man, there was nothing there. Um, they, they might actually have some players down there this year, so that's good.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, they'll definitely be better than they were last year. Last year, I don't even think they made the playoffs. I no. think that's like the first time in quite a while. They they usually at least get into the Calder Cup playoffs. I know they haven't like won the Calder Cup trophy, but they usually at least get in and they have a shot. Um, And then, you know, right before, um, you know, we start recording as well. This is about, well, close to an hour ago. The Penguins released their lineup for Saturday's preseason game against the Buffalo Sabres. That will be their fourth one. Um, Drew O'Connor, Drake Kajula, Alex Nylander, Ryan Paling, Andonovsky, Philip Hollander, Kasperi Kapanen, Redeem Zahorna, Kyle Olsen, um Pustinan, Ra- um, Ravis Ansens, uh Chad Reedle, Ty Smith, Jack St. Ivy, Mark Friedman, Xavier Oled, Pio Joseph, Tristan Jari, Dustin Dukarski, and of course, uh, Nathan. Um, re. so um does, did any of that roster surprise you at all it looks like it's a decent mix of some Wilkesbury guys some regulars I figure you're not going to see a massive dress rehearsal maybe until the fifth or sixth game or maybe not even at all for the preseason but um any does any anything in this lineup surprise you
1: no nah, not really um typically Mike Sullivan likes to go with the dress rehearsal in the last preseason game okay I believe they play is it October 7th, I think, which is next Friday. Mm. I think they have that's their last home. It's a home preseason game. It's the last one. I would think that would be pretty close to the roster that Mike Sullivan's going to go with against Arizona on the 13th, if I had to guess. Um, so yeah, he still wants to see some people. You mentioned, you know, Ty Smith, P.O. Joseph. That that's interesting. You know, Drew O'Connor redeems the horna. Yeah. Maybe another couple of guys fighting for a spot. So I think it's interesting that Sullivan's going, you know, with a lineup with all those guys uh, playing in Buffalo on Saturday. And uh, unless you are entrenched in a college football game Saturday afternoon, might be a good thing to keep track of. It'll be interesting in Buffalo tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a game, you know, that's, I guess, worth watching a little bit. You know, it's, it's hard enough, I think, at times to watch a full preseason game just because yes. it doesn't really mean anything. Like, I don't think the players really trying. You know, people were, I think, were freaking out after the loss against Detroit. I'm like, they look hungover, <laughs> man. Like, they, they literally look like they went out to Howl at the Moon the night before in downtown and just, like, got drunk. So Maybe I mean, they I, did. I mean,
1: um, yeah, people need not overreact about preseason games especially when you're talking about a team, okay, there's 23 roster spots. We know who about 20 of those spots are going to already, Mostly, yes. and so do they. Um, now, whereas a team like Detroit, when you have all kinds of guys fighting for spots, I realize the Penguins roster was a lot more talented, but it's September hockey. I, I promise you they don't care that much. And, and these Penguins in general, you know, we have seen them have some slow starts over the years anyway. It happens. I remember, oh God, it was a few years ago. I was in Toronto and the Penguins were off to a slow start. They were like four and five or something. And I, I was talking with Jim Rutherford and I said, are you a little worried? He said, nope. I said, why? He said, we're an older team. Like older teams usually need a month to get going. That's just the way it is. Nobody likes to hear it, but they're an old, they're the oldest team in the league. So I always go back to that. And if they are, and they have a brutal schedule in October, by the way, the Western Canada trip is early yeah. and there are some good teams out there. That is a nasty trip. Um, if they start out 4-6 and six, uh, at the end of October, there will be panic in the streets, but probably not justified. It might take them a little while to get going.
0: Heck, even last year, you know, earlier in the season, they were kind of treading water a little bit, you know, especially with Crosby, Malkin, and some of the regulars out due to COVID and injuries. But they are able to tread water. They were to get some guys back, and then they go on some of these massive winning streaks. It's like you people sh- shouldn't be surprised because this is what they've done. I feel like almost every season, they know when to turn on the jets.
1: Yes, not no, they do. Off. Yeah, and, and that's not to suggest that they aren't trying hard in October. I mean, I they're not going to tank games. The no. Crosby, Malkin, Latang—they're not wired that way. But I can't tell you how many seasons. You know, it's been November, and I've heard people say, "Well." You know, if they don't win 68% of their games the rest of the way, they're not making the playoffs, and, well, guess what? They win 72% of their games. I mean, they, yeah, they, they, they know how it works. They, they know they're not lazy. They're always a team that gives you a pretty honest effort, but something clicks in them when it, when it's must-win time, and we've yeah. seen it over the years. So not because I'm saying this, they'll start out 9-1 and one in October or something, but I no, I mean, that they, they could start slowly. It wouldn't shock me when you look at the schedule. And when you consider their ages, but um, you know, I still have a, a pretty good feeling about this team. I, I think they'll kind of be what they've been the last couple of years. I, I think they will be a good team and a playoff team and we'll, we'll kind of go from there when the spring comes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I definitely have them easily finishing in the top three of the Metropolitan Division. At least that's just, that's my opinion um, on that. But, you know, switching gears a little bit, Josh, you know, one of the big training camp battles is for that le- that third left-handed spot. Um, for the defense, you know, I think everyone knows Latang's well, going to be on the team, Marcus is going to make it, Jeff Petrie, Jan Ruta, Brian Duman will be on there, even though I think he struggled a little bit, um, the other night. But you know, that final spot, you know, Mark Friedman can play that, Todd, uh, P.O. Joseph, and Ty Smith. So far, you know, with 13 days to go until the regular season starts. Who would you be giving the edge to? If you're asking me, I think it is Ty Smith. I think he's looked really strong in the preseason games, but you've been there basically I think all the practices and you've watched the games in person. Um, Who do you think has the edge right now?
1: It's really interesting. What I would maybe do and what I think the team is going to do are perhaps different things. Mm -hmm. Um, Ty Smith is really talented. And he is an interesting player. You can see the talent. you you watch him in practice for five minutes in the offensive zone. It's like, whoa, like
0: mm-hmm. this
1: guy can do some things like he's just so he's really high hockey IQ. he's good with the puck, can really skate. I mean he, yeah, he's talented. I see some holes in his defensive game like he he's gonna have troubles in his own zone at times. and I know there's a way of thinking, well, who cares? He's got great talent? That's what matters. Like well, agreed. But you don't want to be a disaster in your own zone either. Um, And I'm not saying he'll be a disaster, but it's a concern. If I were running the team, I would probably send Ty Smith to Wilkes-Barre for a month or two, and I would just want him to dominate down there and just Mm -hmm. work with the coaches and just get himself absolutely right for two reasons. Number one, it gets you under the cap, and that's the easy way to get under the cap. Number two, I want to see who P.O. Joseph is. I want to see what he brings to the table. I don't think he's looked bad in training camp at all. He's been fine. I think he's an interesting player. When you hear Mike Sullivan or Ron Hextall talk about him, they never sound that impressed. Uh, They just don't. And I've had enough people tell me that Hextall and Brian Burke aren't huge PO fans. Um, Okay, fine. But I, I still want to see what he can do for an extended time at the NHL level. At that point, if you're not pleased, you can always trade him and bring Ty Smith up. There, there's stuff you can do. That's what I would do. But I think Ty Smith is absolutely in the lead. I, I think he's probably going to be the guy. If I had to guess the Penguins blue line on opening night, it would be Dumoulin with Latang, Pedersen with Petrie. And then I think you're going to see Ty Smith with Ruta as the third pairing. So I had uh, to. That leaves Rawidal and Friedman probably as your seven and eight guys. What you do with P.O. Joseph, I don't know. I don't think he would clear waivers. I think somebody would claim him, and I think it'd be a really bad look for the penguins just to lose him. So I, I'm curious to see what happens, but I think that's their top six on the blue line at this moment.
0: I feel like that is their top six. Um, too. And I apologize for like the, the background noise. For some reason, my Discord was open, and I have no <laughs> idea why, like nothing. It like would not stop. even when I would like close it, it would just not stop. I think I finally fixed the issue though. So I haven't heard it in the last like minute or two. So apologize about that. has not been an issue in a long time, but you mentioned what I was saying. Yeah. I mean, for the Ty Smith thing, I mean, in my opinion, I don't think it would do him any good to put him down in the AHL just because I feel like he doesn't, he shouldn't be getting those minutes. I think it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a similar situation to Matheson where you need to play him in the NHL. Like he was a tire fire in Florida. Um, (laughs) he worked with Reardon and then obviously he turned and he blossomed into a top four defenseman like he was this past year. I think that's similar to what they're going to do with Ty. I do agree with POJ though. It would not look good if they lost him for nothing. Um, You know, I think they probably want to see what he can do in 15, 20 games, but it's also tough because, you know, he has to, he has to play well in the preseason. He has to outplay someone like Ty Smith, who's also really pushing for a roster slot. It's good that, um, you know, he's exempt from waivers, so you can just send him down and not for, risk him, well, um, risk losing him for nothing. But it, it's just it, it's a tough call and it's a tough call either way. But with P.O., I wonder if they would potentially consider moving him for like like a forward or something if you can. But I'm not really sure if they would.
1: And maybe that's the best thing for them to do. If they like Ty Smith as much as I think they do, then OK, Um Here's the thing. Everyone's going to say, well, why don't you trade Pedersen? Here's the problem if you trade Pedersen. you got P.O. And you've got Ty Smith, two guys that you're a little shaky defensively probably. Two guys who are very similar, who are going to get destroyed in front of their net a lot, who are not going to be real good in the defensive zone. Do you really want two of those guys on the ice 60% of the time? I don't think the Penguins do. And also, when you talk with Jeff Petrie... Um, really, re- Pittsburgh's gonna like him. Really good guy. Really refreshing, honest guy. He will be very open with you. That he likes to play with, you know, the quote unquote stay-at-home defenseman. That's who he's comfortable with because he likes to freelance.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: doesn't really make sense to have two guys out there who do the same thing, right? That really only leaves Marcus to play with him. It's the only guy that makes sense. Marcus doesn't play well with Latang. They're not comfortable. They just don't. So, you know, assuming Dumoulin's in decent form, which we'll see that that's your top pairing. So that really only leaves Marcus to play with Petrie and that that's the situation they have right now. So trading P.O. Joseph would not shock me at all. I know there would be a market for him. He's got talent. He doesn't make much money. I know a guy in Vancouver who would probably trade for him if I had to guess in all seriousness. It wouldn't shock me. And you know what? If. You know, if you don't think he's that great, and if you really are infatuated with Ty Smith, which I kind of think the Penguins are, then trading Joseph probably is the right move. In all seriousness, if you can get you know, a good draft pick for him, you get, I don't know, a third-round pick even or something, um, maybe it's just the right time to do it.
0: Yeah, and you know, they, they Vancouver, they do have that young player, Daniels Huglander, who I've been wanting. The, I mean, I've talked about that over the offseason. He was be like a perfect bottom six fit. Um, for this team. And, you know, we'll get to the bottom six in just a second. But, yeah, I mean, I I do think there would be a market for him, Just even though I do think there are a lot of teams out there that kind of have a similar kind of player to PO. But, you know, I think teams, you can never use enough defensive depth, um, even though teams are are also kind of don't really want to take on too much money. But um, that wraps up this first segment for today's episode. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into a couple of the other um, roster battles, well, at least one big one. Um, with the forwards but before i get to that bet online is your number one source for football betting info this season you can find all the latest player developments team matchups to news podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find and as always bet online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there it's the fastest and easiest way to check in all of your favorite games and events including mlb mma boxing golf you can head to bet online or use your phone to learn more that has been online where the game starts. All right. I'm back here on this episode of the Lockdown Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes, follow the shows, Twitter at L O underscore Penguins. So, Josh, you know, I think the other big uh, you know, I, I've seen kind of seen this as like two big camp battles. The, the one for the defense, and again, that lamp back there is just awful right now. Um, and the second one is that 12th forward. Um, you know, I, I, you know, lately, I, I think they want Archibald to win it just because they signed him to 900 K. I don't think they want to bury him in the minors and still pay him 900 K though. That said, I, I said this on my Wednesday episode. I think Drew O'Connor has a much higher skill ceiling than he does. I think he's someone that's a lot younger, deserves to get some more reps after the way he played last year, redeems a Horna. He's another player that's really intriguing. Sam Poulin, it looks like, has been getting reps with the top guys. Um, as it stands right now, you know, who, who have you, you know, most been impressed with um, just with, like, that 12th forward spot through the first couple weeks of camp?
1: Well, I am a long-timer of Team Drew O'Connor, so mm-hmm. I, that's my guy. I love him. I, I think he should have gotten a lot more playing time last season, quite honestly. I think he's just ready to play in the NHL. I think he's exactly what their bottom six needs. He's big. He's fast. His hands are all right. They're not great. But, you know, if he played the whole season, could he score 12 goals? Yeah, sure he could. Maybe more. I mean, he can play. He's a legitimately good NHL forward. I would have him in the lineup. And he's had a good camp. The Penguins like him. Uh, I'm going to tell you the guy, though, that again, you can, you can learn little things. You talk with Mike Sullivan when you ask, hey, who's sticking out or who's looking good. He keeps going back to Redeem Zahorna every single time. They really like what they've seen from him. And Zahorna is, what, six foot seven? So when you're that big, you're always going to look like a little bit of a clumsy skater, right? You're never going to skate like Carl Hagman. But I will say his skating is better this year. And, and Sullivan's mentioned that a lot. That step of his looks really quick. He has had a good camp. They like him. He can play center or wing, which helps. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he's on the ice opening night. It, it absolutely would not shock me in the least. Archibald's been okay. Like mean, I know some people are really down on Archibald. I don't need. I don't know that they needed to sign him. Um, I, I, he's okay.
0: It, it was just in. weird because like it was a it was a day one signing. Like that's the guy you're going out on day one. Right. And so I'm like. Sonny Milano gets a PTO. It's just, it's just weird to me. That's all. That's all.
1: Right. Yeah, what's going on? I know. It's so weird. Yeah, Archibald, he is what he is. He's a 12th or 13th yeah. forward. who will score eight to 10 goals. He works his butt off. You know, he's, he's fast. But, you know, he's just he's just a guy. Like, you would see Zahorner or O'Connor grab that position. Um, and I'm curious to see how they both look in Buffalo. Uh, mm. Like I I said I love O'Connor I just I like he's a little more than Zohorn. he's a little faster I could on a fourth line personally um but but the horn I just want to know who he is right you know, okay he's six foot seven so you think well he's this imposing guy he's not physical at all though play with an ass and he does have some but like does he really have enough skill to, like on a top three line like maybe I, I just don't know oh no. I'm, I'm not sure who he is. I think he's a legitimate NHL player. I'm not sure what you do with him or, or where you play him. But I can tell you that the coaching staff is pleased with him. But between those three guys, um, it, it's really kind of an interesting competition right now.
0: No, it, it definitely is. And I think it's something that's really going to come down to the wire. I would probably say the last preseason game or on the last couple of days of practice before they have to really um, make the cuts. Um, you know, again, you know, I said it on Wednesday, Josh, you know, I just, I just don't know like what Archibald has really shown them so far. It's like, oh, wow. Like he, he fully deserves a spot. Like, you know, practicing with the main group when, you know, some like Drew O'Connor redeems a Horna, you know, two players who I know don't have as much initial experience, but you know, two players who I think their skill ceilings are a bit higher on um, at least at least to me, you know, about Terry Pustin, I think he's there too. He would be, I think a quick call up. Um, I don't think he's gonna make the team. But um, I do think he would be a quick call up uh, this year to say the least. I'm definitely pretty intrigued about him, you know, especially I think you know you tweeted out he was playing with Gensel and Crosby to start camp.
1: Yeah.
0: That's no no uh, that's a a, a a tall task, I think is the way to say it.
1: Well, you know what what it is with Pustinen? He's one of those guys like you talk with scouts and scouts. there're certain guys they'll tell you. He'll be better at the NHL level than at the AHL level because he's one of those guys who knows how to play with good players. And and the more talent you surround him with, you'll get the most out of him. So maybe that's why they did it. And I'll tell you what, you're not the biggest guy in the world. He doesn't, like, blow you away necessarily with his skill. He's really smart. Um, Yeah, He did play with Crosby and Gensel the first couple days. He just knows how to get open. He's like one of those guys who knows how to find seams and defenses. Uh, he just does. You, you can see he knows where to go. Uh, so I don't think he'll make the team. I do think we'll see him at some point in Pittsburgh uh, this season when somebody gets hurt or if he just plays his way there. Um, they would like to see it. The guy's got real talent. Um, so, like I said, wilkes I'm telling you, they're probably going to have Poulin. Legare, Pustinen. I mean, they're going to have some some real talent down there. I think more than they've had in the past. Did you mention uh Kajoya, By the way, I think he's I, I've he's been mentioning tomorrow.
0: him on the show a lot lately. I, I think he's someone that could potentially make this team, in my opinion, Josh. I
1: I love him. This guy could really really play. I mean, he he grabbed my attention the first day of camp. He's not real big, but. He, he's feisty. He can skate. If you look at his NHL history, too, he scores goals. Like he, He's produced a little bit everywhere he's been. He played and well he told in me um, He played uh, at college in North I Dakota. Think. And when he came uh, out of college in 2016, he mm-hmm. got a phone call from Mike Sullivan. The Penguins wanted him to, in Pittsburgh. And he ended up signing Edmonton or Boston. I think he, he's been all around. I think he played in Buffalo last season. Keep your eye on him. That guy can play. He really can. He He's um, he's not big, but man, there's just something about him. He gets my attention in practice every day. I, I He had a neck injury last season, so he, he hasn't played much hockey in the last 12 months, but he'll be on the ice tomorrow. I think he's an interesting player. I really do. I like him.
0: Yeah, I definitely think he has a decent chance at making this team um, out of camp. If not he'll definitely be one of the first call-ups out of Wilkes-Barre. Uh, he, yeah. he would be up there with O'Connor if he doesn't make it, Zahorna, Poussin, and um, all um, all of those guys, excuse me. But um, that wraps up the second segment. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into a couple of other things regarding the team, especially uh, the special teams from the other night, Josh, just because I know a lot of people are talking about the that right now. So stick around for that coming up in our final segment. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, joined by Josh Yoey. You can follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. You can follow the show's Twitter at hello underscore penguins. So, Josh, um, 0 for 8, 0 for 9 on the power play in a preseason game. Uh, Even though it is preseason, definitely something you don't want to see when you're playing a bunch of C, C C-minus players on the other side. Um, You know, from my vantage point when I was watching on the stream, kind of looked like the Penguins were just playing, you know, happy feet with the puck, basically just passing back and forth. No one wants to take a shot. felt like they were also kind of trying to globe trotter them, just trying to look for the perfect play just because they're playing a bunch of players that really aren't going to be in the NHL this year. Um, looks like they definitely did work on the power play, at least from what I saw today um, on social media. Um, I, I think a couple of reporters were tweeting that out. Penalty kill, same thing. Um, are you concerned about the power play going into the season at all?
1: No, not really. Um, listen, it's Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Latang, and Rust. Uh, it's not their first rodeo. No. They know what to do on the power play. And it's funny you mentioned how it looked against Detroit the other night because when it does struggle, it's always the same stuff. They keep it on the perimeter. Latang and Malkin like to look for the perfect play. Crosby does it too. It doesn't always work. Um but it's it's not a big deal. And I will say, um, they literally hadn't even practiced the power play before that game. They really hadn't at all. Uh, there was no special teams work. And I, I'll tell you one thing that Mike Sullivan's not thrilled about, and a lot of coaches aren't, there are literally three days of training camp before the first preseason game. They don't have a chance to practice anything before the game start. Uh, coaches hate that. So, The power play will be fine. Last season, from the time Malkin came back in Anaheim in July, I believe the Penguins' power play, I think it was second in the league with him the rest of the way. I think Colorado's was the only one that was better. So there's a history there that suggests that unit will be perfectly fine. The only question, I think, is if Brian Rust stays there all season. And i got to say, Rust is better on the power play now than I ever thought he would be. Like we, when he came into the league, he wasn't a power play guy. Like the way he sees the ice now and everything, it's incredible how much better he's gotten in that area. But you know, the other four aren't coming off the ice on the power play. You know that. So he's the only one that would. If there are any troubles, I would imagine Ricard Raquel's the guy that they would give a look. I love Raquel. I think he's just such of a uniquely talented guy. I'm sure we'll see him with the first unit here and there. That will be interesting, but power play is going to be fine. It it always has been. So I don't think uh, that those guys uh, forgot what they're, what they were doing out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it will be. I was just curious to see if they were going to make any systematic changes to it after last year. Um, But I guess, you know, they're maybe trying to hide that um, right now. Penalty kill. I'm sure you probably have the same opinion, you know, for me, at least going into the regular season, I kind of want to see it be more aggressive. Um, They sat back way too much in the playoffs against the Rangers. I think they were just trying to, You know, clog up some of the lanes, which is fine. But, you know, you also got to put some pressure on someone at the point, a.k.a. at that point was Adam Fox. Um, So I think, you know, it it should be okay. You know, I'm I'm curious to see what happens um, with that. Um, they also debuted some new lines, Josh, which, you know, it looks like they're pretty serious about putting Raquel with Crosby. I think the underlying numbers were great with them last year. Brian Russ with Evgeny Guinea Malkin. Um, their Corsi shot attempts for per 60. Their scoring chances, um, expected goals, well over 54, 55% when those two are on the ice. Um, are you a fan of splitting up against the Crosby Russ line and um, putting Raquel up there, or do you think it should be the other way around?
1: Doesn't bother me. Um, they can always go back to those three together. For sure, they know it works, and you're gonna see it at some point this year. I mean, you know that that's just the way it is. Um, every season, you see lines flip flop from from time to time. Um, that's reality. I am all for it, though. Um, it was a small sample size last year with Raquel Crosby and Rust or Raquel Crosby and Gensel, rather. But in that small sample size. They were awesome together, and like I, I did an interview with Raquel a few days ago. I wrote a story about it over the weekend. Like he pretty much said, yeah, like I'm. He said I like playing with Gino, but I'm really comfortable with Sid. Like he he likes playing with him, and Crosby too. Like he said, yeah, there's some chemistry there. And obviously, as long as Sid and Jake are together, I, you know the line should work. But Raquel's a good hockey player, and and here's the thing: you look at the trickle down effect. If uh, Getty Malkin is still a great player too he does not skate the way he did five years ago. I, I think even the biggest Geno fan would admit that, okay? Whereas Crosby and LeTang are freaks of nature. Like, they literally look the same as they did five or ten years ago, pretty much. And Malkin doesn't. He, he, he's still great, but he's 36, and you remember it every now and then when you see him skate. Mike Sullivan knows this, and Sullivan has admitted that he loves having fast wingers with Malkin. He just thinks it's better for Geno. And in Rust and Zucker, you have two really fast guys who also happen to be very attentive defensively, which, let's be honest, I love Gino. I'm not trying to rip him. He's not Patrice Bergeron, okay? He's not, especially in the regular season. He, you know he's a little flighty in his own zone sometimes. So, Rust and Zucker are probably the two most defensively responsible forwards they have. Um, so, to have them out there with him and also for their speed to – To open some room for Gino, it makes a lot of sense. And I I say this all the time, and he always gets hurt, but I'm telling you, Zucker's had a really good camp. His legs look great. It's the best I've seen him skate in years. Um, If he can stay healthy, he'll score 20 goals. I I believe that. We know Rust is good for between 20 and 30 goals at least. Um, That could be a really good second line. And, you know, then you see, you know, the the trickle-down effect. You got Kapanen and Carter potentially on the third line. It's kind of a weird mix, uh, stylistically. They're so different, but those two like have kind of a close relationship off the ice. Huh? You remember that game in Nashville last year when Kapiton was having a meltdown on the bench? Carter yeah. actually like put his arm around him on the bench, and like, you could see like he Carter takes care of him a little bit. And you know, Carter's not the fastest in the world at his age either. So you got and speed with him. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe maybe he can help him too. So we'll see. But uh, for now, that's what they're going to go with. And I actually like the combinations a lot.
0: Yeah. You know, I think the, the the top, especially the top two lines are really solid. The third line has the potential to be good, especially if Carter um, continues on, you know, from what he did last year, even though he you know, down the stretch wasn't as good. And if captain can actually get back to form, you know, I think that is the makings of a pretty solid third line. You can put Danton Hine in there, who's coming off an almost 20-goal season, um. And I liked your Zucker take as well. Funny enough, Josh, I, I, my one of my bold predictions for this season is that he's going to score around twenty five this year. I think he's going to stay healthy, and he can definitely do it. You know, he's done it before in Minnesota. All he has to do is to stay healthy, produce with Malkin on his line, and I think he's definitely going to do it. Um, who do you, what, We'll get to some small predictions here before we wrap up the show. You know, who do you think is going to really surprise some fans this year in like a good and obviously a positive way? <laughs>
1: Oh boy. Um, that's a really good question. Well, I always go back to Drew O'Connor. If, if he gets a chance to play, I, I really think he's going to become a regular in the lineup. I, I believe in that guy. I think he's the real deal. Um, and, you know, these aren't names that will surprise you, but other than the really big names, uh, I love Raquel. I, I think Raquel can score 30 goals on Crosby's line. And it'll be hard for him to do that if he's not on the power play because he's going to be out there with Crosby and Gensel and they're going to get their share of the shots on goal. Let's be honest. There's only so many pucks to go around. But when I watch Raquel play, man, that guy's the real deal. There's nothing he can't do on the ice. He's so talented. And and we knew Raquel could finish. We, We knew he had the good hands. What I didn't know was what a complete player he is. Like how good he is in front of the net, his willingness to do the dirty work in the corners. You have to do that if you're going to play with Sid and Jake. Because even though they're not big guys, that's where they score all their goals. They like going to work down low, and they need the third wheel on their line to be willing to do that. And he is, way more than I realized, So I I could see Raquel having a really big year.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would obviously be great just because he signed that massive contract. You know, I was – I, I was fine with the deal. Definitely, you know, the term was a little bit, and eh. I think the AAV was a little high. But you know, if he obviously outproduces that, I feel like you know, I, I will glad with E. crow on that because I did like how he played down the stretch. Um, Josh, you no, know, we'll, we'll get to the goaltending before I ask for your your main your main prediction for them for the season. Um, you know, are you concerned about any of the two going into this year? I know it's it definitely. I think. A lot of fans had their eyebrows raised when they decided to bring back that same tandem. You know, I think Brown Hextall could have easily went out, maybe gotten a new backup to pair with Tristan just because DeSmith has been banged up in the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, So are you surprised that it's still the tandem and, you know, are you concerned about it going into this year? And especially just because, you know, Jari, big year for him, contract year, he plays well, he could really set himself up to get a whole lot of money after the season, whether it's the Penguins or it's someone else.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, a little surprised. I, I like Casey to Smith. I think Casey's one of those guys. He's a little goalie, right? Mm. So anytime he gives up a goal, it looks bad. Because sometimes you're just, oh my god, he had half the net open because his goaltender's so small, and you got to find somebody better. Then when you look at his NHL numbers over the years, he's been a really good backup, really good. I mean, he's got above-average numbers for a backup. So I. In retrospect, I have no issue with him coming back. Um, Tristan Jari, he's had a very good camp. You know, the physical talent is there. I mean, it just is. I mean, we've seen him play long enough now. This kid is so gifted. And I'm curious about his mindset because all of last season, he was so driven to atone what happened against the Islanders the year before in the playoffs. So you could tell. He yeah. was just hell-bent on proving everyone wrong in the playoffs. And he gets hurt, and he really doesn't get a chance. You haven't played in a month, and you have to play game seven at Madison Square Garden, and clearly he shouldn't have been playing. He even admitted he wouldn't have been able to play for two or three weeks after that game. <laughs> I, I, he should not have been playing. God bless him for doing it. I, you know, it was, I think I told you something about his character that he played. Um, but now maybe he'll get that chance again, and now he's healthy. We know he can win in the regular season. He he has proven. At worst, he's a good regular season goalie. I think he's going to be one of the stories of this team this year. I think he's really good.
0: I, I do think he's going to have a really good year too. It's funny, one of my bold predictions. This is probably a really really bold prediction. Um, I have him as close to basically a Vesna finalist this year. I think he's going to really surprise some people. I know that's it, it may it probably won't happen just because there's so many elite goalies, but um, I'm really high on him. I think he definitely has something to prove people again cuz he was having a a heck of a redemption story last year for obviously got cut short and I think he would have led the penguins to victory in that first round series um had he not been hurt finally though Josh um you know how do you see this how do you see the season playing out for the penguins you know if you ask me I see them easily finishing in the top 3 in the metro I don't think the metro is that good to be honest um I see them getting into the playoffs with ease Um, And I think honestly, they could win a round or two, you know, if all things go their way, they could potentially add someone at the trade deadline. If Hextel really wants to go all in, Um, how do you see this season going?
1: Yeah. um, Like I alluded to earlier, they could start slowly and I wouldn't be shocked, but I bet you around the holidays, they got hot as hell because that's what they do. And they they know when to turn it up and they will. I I agree with you. I don't think the division's that good. I, I say this every year, but I, I really think the Capitals are ready to take a step back. I think the Islanders stink. I think the Flyers really stink. Um, Columbus and Jersey will be better, and and they're kind of interesting. Those teams have some real talent. But to me, the Penguins, Rangers, and Carolina are the three best teams in the division by far. Um, I haven't made my official predictions yet. I got Carolina's just built for regular season success. I might pick them to win the division, but no, the penguins will make the playoffs. I, I feel the same thing about the play, the penguins that I felt for three or four years. Now they can beat anybody in a series. And we've seen that. We all know they should have beaten the Rangers. Okay. We all know they should have beaten the Islanders here. Before. They can beat anybody. I just don't know that they can do it four times in a row. And I, you know, it's hard to say that they can at this point because they haven't won a playoff series since 2018 um, but they'll make the playoffs, barring a bunch of injuries. And even if they get some injuries, they tend to play better when they're hurt anyway. Um, so I think they'll get in. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went around. Maybe even more than that. I, I still need to see more before I can say they're a real cup team. But I will say this, Hunter. All the best teams in the East, they all have their flaws, okay? Toronto's good on paper. Look at their goaltending. I, I'm, I'm not taking them seriously. I'm sorry. I'm not. Florida's not as good as they played last year, in my opinion, and they don't know how to win in the playoffs. Tampa might be out of gas at this point, and they had made some weird decisions this summer. Um, you know, the Rangers' bottom six still isn't very good, and they're still – I don't know if they're really a great playoff team. They won two series last year and didn't impress me one time. Um, Carolina's another team never won anything in the playoffs. They're a good team. So it's not like where you have this looming specter of Colorado just hanging over you in the West – even though I didn't love their summer either. But, you know, they're just – you know they're going to make some additions and they're going to be the team to beat in the West. Everybody knows. At the East, there might be three or four teams better than the Penguins in the East. But are any of them unbeatable? No. So it's it's wide open. It's going to be a fun season.
0: I do, I definitely do think so too. And, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if all eight playoff teams from last year just make it again. I mean, I know there are some improvements from yeah. Ottawa. Um, they're going to, I think, challenge for a playoff spot. Boston's going to be – They're going to be fun. More- yeah, no they they will be. I um, they'll be I think they'll play a lot of high-scoring games just because I'm not really high on their defense that much, though their goaltending is pretty decent. Um Boston's going to be without McAvoy and Marshan to start the year. That's going to be really interesting. You know, they also don't have Bruce Cassidy anymore. Really intrigued to see how that goes. Um but I think you're right, you know, they're probably a few teams better than the Penguins overall roster-wise, but you know, could the Penguins beat them in a seven-game series? I mean, I, I don't bet you know often against Crosby, Malkin, and Letang, even though they're a bit older now. So um, I do think this team is going to surprise a lot of people this year. And I, I think they have what it takes to, you know, potentially go on one more uh, long run before it's all said and done. But, you know, Josh, I, I really appreciate you coming on this episode. That was, you know, really looking at the time here, you know, 40 really strong minutes for this episode. So I really do appreciate it. You know, I'll, I'll obviously have you on during the season and hey, you know, if everything goes according to plan, maybe I'll see you at PPG Paints Arena a whole a whole lot more than uh, you know, I I you know well a whole lot more often I should say.
1: Well, that'll be great. And forty minutes, like we're like crystal Tagging. The more minutes we we get, the the better we play. I mean, it's very clear to me. Um, no, it's always a, a pleasure to come on, Hunter. I appreciate the time, and uh, it will be nice when uh, you're perhaps officially a resident of Western Pennsylvania. That's what the people are waiting for.
0: I think I think a lot of people are waiting for me to to finally come up and maybe go to more than just, you know, one game a year. <laughs> I think I want to go to uh way more than that, uh to say the least. But again, Josh, really appreciate you coming on. Um, in case anyone does not know where your work is, you can I'll let you plug that right now.
1: You know, just go to the athletic.com and we got these little uh bars you can click on. You just find the Pittsburgh section and read about the Penguin stuff. Uh Myself and Rob Rossi and Jesse Marshall and, and a host of others. I mean, we have so much content. It's like, especially if you're a hockey fan, like you want to read about any individual team or feature stories on people, analytic stuff, you name it. Um, man, we, we, have, we have quite a roster of talented writers. So uh, there is no shortage of material to read.
0: Yes. And of course, you know, I'll just make sure everyone knows his Twitter out there, Josh Yowie underscore PGH. Um, Go follow him if you're somehow not following him on there either. Uh, But that concludes today's episode. Five really strong episodes for this week. Next week will be the final uh, week of episodes where, you know, we do not have any regular season games. After that, the regular season will kick off and there will be game previews, game recaps, um, all the time throughout the week. And, you know, I'm sure this podcast is just going to be going, ho- hopefully going crazy, but I really appreciate you all of you listening to this one. Hope you all have a great weekend, it's officially just about October. I'll talk with you all on Monday.